is waiting on fries. That you don't get it? You don't. What do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries. But all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed, and then you're it's like, ready Fuck, to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in, and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back 10 minutes with the food. Exactly. <laughs> they just know that their food's not there in the service, so they're still waiting on fries. I guess we're just waiting on fries. <laughs> what really annoyed me was how bad they were at the COVID stuff. Okay. Because, and I, as we know, I've been pushing my wife. You got to be behind going out to restaurants uh, and out to eat and all that stuff. Did they just like so, kill her mood on going so out? So she come, I don't know. She come because I had to leave early. So I had a I had a draft. I had to go to my NFL, my <laughs> fantasy draft. So I had to leave the whole thing early. Priorities. But um, you know, I got. She came out to eat here Thursday night, right? And she sat outside. Okay. And after the end of it, she was like, "You know what? It was pretty good. I'm I'm okay. You want to go? You want to go out to there out to eat? I'm I'm good with outdoor dining. I'm like awesome. <laughs> We're going out like next Ring week. Her in the right like, way. Let's go. Yeah. And then Sunday we go to this thing, and I I to be honest, I was unsure of it because it was a. It was like a party, and I didn't even know. I was like, I'm not even sure they're allowed to do whatever they're doing right now. <laughs> but whatever, like, I don't actually care about that part. I care about the how you handle how it. you handle yeah. it. Yep. Like, you Once know, the if you want to have 10, 15 people, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're all family, and we were in a, a separate room. Okay. She thought we were gonna be outside the whole time because yeah. it's like it's a farm place. It's like yeah. animals and stuff. So she thought she thought it would be like an outdoor thing. End up being inside. Okay. The server. I'm just gonna preface with this. The, the, I have this belief, if you're a restaurant, if you're a bar that like messed around this whole time and didn't follow the rules and threw everybody else under the table and basically put the whole industry at risk mm-hmm. this whole time that we've been dealing with this, I'm, I'm done with you. Right. Like, I'm not gonna come, even if I went before and we were boys, I'm not coming there anymore. I'm not spending more money because you threw the industry at risk. They put everybody's livelihood you, at risk. You couldn't, you couldn't follow like basic rules easily. They're not that hard to follow. So all these places that decided they're not going to enforce putting a mask on, which is the easiest thing to do. Yeah. And it's not whether I believe the mask is effective or not. It doesn't matter. It's That's a rule. the rule. Right. Right. And basically, we were at risk for a while of if enough restaurants and bars weren't following the rules, everything's going to get shut down. Yep. So if you were brazen enough to just not give a shit to the extent that you weren't following these rules and basically put the industry at risk because yep. it could have got to a point where Everybody somebody at the down. top says, I'm done. Yep. Everybody's, you can't follow the rules. Everybody shut down. And then we're really in a bad place. Yeah. You know, you obviously didn't think that I'm done with you. Like you put our industry at risk. I'm not going to, I'm not going to support you. I'm not going to support you during COVID or after. Right. Like, you're dead to me. Get you. Right. So anyway, I was at this place and the server was like, Every time she came, first of all, every time she delivered a plate, she's like pulling the mask up and down, touching the mask, touching the plate, touching the mask, touching the plate. Whether we got COVID or not, I don't want you touching your face and touching my plate. At any point in the world, I don't even care if it was pre-COVID or not. Don't touch your hair and touch your face and touch my plate. Like That's gross, right? She's doing that the whole time, and every time she came to the table to talk, she pulled the mask off to talk to people. What's the point and of having the mask, the mask on? I'm like, what are you doing? The whole point was to keep it on. Not when you're away from the table, when oh. you're st- and there's some older people in the party. And did you whatever. call them out on that? No, because I'm not. Yeah, I think I, I would have said be, something. Right? I, I think I would have said something. Should I call them out? Legitimately defeats the whole purpose of having a mask on. If you're gonna walk over to me, then pull it off. And to what be honest, in my back of my head, it's not even the mask that bothers me. 
it's to it's me, it's like, like the easiest part of running this whole thing yeah. is to get your staff to wear a mask the entire time. And then once it's on, just leave it alone. If it's uncomfortable, but whatever, just yeah, deal with it. If you can't get your staff to follow that simple rule, yeah. what else are you not following? What else right. are you not? What are you doing when I can't see? Exactly. This is what you're doing when I can see. What are you doing when I can't see? This is what you're walking over and showing me. What do you think? You usually disagree with me on that kind of stuff. It's just, it's hard to keep the mask up is all I'm thinking. I wasn't there. You it's know? hard to it keep It might have been falling it's off her face. It's not hard. It could have been falling off her face some and she was trying to pull it up, but you made it sound like she was literally just taking it off to talk. Not even lit made it sound. That's what he said. No, she was I mean, literally like, taking it off to talk. She'd walk up the table, take it off, talk, put it back on. I honestly don't even care about the mask thing anymore. Like, that's where I'm mentally at. Yeah, we're wearing them because we have to wear them. Exactly. We're do I think that they do any good uh, minimally? But that, yeah, that debate aside, you know, I'm just saying. We're wearing them because we have to wear them. There's currently people that could not be happy with you not wearing a mask. Yeah, I get it. Right? I'm just over. I'm Is over. it that hard to just deal with it? No. It's no. Not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. No. It's not. Anyways. What's up, guys? Nothing much, man. Jeez. Newham's update me. I just heard some new information that I wasn't aware was real. Yeah, man. So apparently um, Union Square Hospitality Group is reversing their stance on gratuity or hospitality included. But we talked about this like a few shows back, right? Where the essentially this service fee is what they were calling they call it. it hospi- just getting hospitality. On. The hospitality included. That was... That literally meant that um, you didn't have to leave a tip. All of that was included in the price of your meal, and that's known to you up front. So. so, like, servers couldn't make potentially more money because it's built in, and everyone's just like, oh, you just whatever it is, go yeah. ahead. And so, with that in place, um, at Manhattan, we had a revenue share. So, there was a percentage of the restaurant's revenue that was divided up amongst the staff, and that was um, what people would get in place of tips. So, it was like a point system, is what you're saying? Like a yeah. pooled tip point yeah, yeah. system divvied up by you know say you're Based the server you get position. two points if you're the bartender maybe you get one and a half points or something yeah. and, you know if you're a shucker of oysters you're getting like 0.5% of that it's, it's essentially something that. along those lines yeah I mean different percentages but something along those lines okay it's, but we reneged on this and we're pulling it back now yep and, and so now there are they are allowing tipping at their restaurants but um, what he's pushing for is uh, the ability to sh- Split those tips between the front and the front of the house and the back of the house because apparently there's laws, at least in New York City or where is it, it's all over the place, that say that you can't share those tips with the back house workers. As far as like on paperwork goes, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, say I rolled into the back of the kitchen, you were cooking something, and, and I screwed up, like, and I was like, "Yo, Nooms, I forgot to add this into the yeah, system." I mean, like, you know, under can the you cook table it faster, and I throw you a twenty, you'd make it happen. Yeah, you know, I make it happen for you. Cool. Well, that's a whole different story, essentially. Yeah. All right. That article's out there, though, I think, right? We're, yeah, we're yeah, it's out there. I'm going to have to read up more on this. I'm not familiar with the change. Yeah. The I mean, headline that you guys just said, but I want to know more about like, why and what, what those reasons. Like I said, I didn't really read the article, but it's a big change that just happened. I just listened to a podcast about from um, Masters in Business on Bloomberg Radio, mm-hmm. and they were interviewing Cameron Mitchell, mm-hmm. who I didn't was not really on my radar until recently. Who is and Cameron Mitchell for? So Cameron, Cameron Mitchell is a, is a restaurateur who owns a couple concepts. He's in the Midwest, but he's like crazy successful. Yeah. His two main concepts are one's called Ocean Prime, which is a high-end seafood kind of concept. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one called the Rusty Bucket that Mike was actually telling me about. It okay. was a, it's a casual restaurant concept. Mm-hmm. That, that one's in six states. I think it's 23 or 24 locations. Wow. And... Um, 
you know, it's, it's and he has one. There's definitely uh, he has some. I think he has an Ocean Prime in New York, or at least one concept in New York City okay. um, that he was talking about on the podcast. Now this podcast was pre-COVID, but he was talking about that. Yeah, and it was like eleven million dollar build out or something like that. Jeez. But um, he's mostly based Midwest and, and West, and it was just it was crazy that he had this much of a footprint mm. on the restaurant and on the restaurant industry. And I wasn't even really familiar with who he was until. Mike put me on and I learned learned more about it. Gotcha. But the reason why I said that is because he was asked on this interview about Danny Meyer and, you know, the whole tipping thing and whether they were, um, you know, how he felt about that. And he mm. was definitely on the exact opposite of that anyway. So really? I'd be curious to see where the decision made and why it wasn't going to work post-COVID. Yeah. And I, I'd be curious to see what, maybe if there was, like, interaction or I don't know. He, he made it sound like they were friendly. Oh, so. okay. Okay. So he might have influenced that decision, you're saying? Maybe, I don't know. That He's got a footprint of about like 35, 40 restaurants. Yeah. Ocean Prime being one of the largest yeah, of the bunch. Yeah, and you see their revenue? No, I didn't see all it's that. It's like a billion dollars. <laughs> no, nah, nah, he didn't open the books to me this week. Just sorry. <laughs> it's public, though. You no, but he's, got, it, other, he's got other restaurants in here, too. He's got the Avenue like with State a Tavern, B. the Barn, Cap City Fine Diners, Marcella's, Hudson 29. There's a, the list goes on. Uh, yeah. Definitely accomplished. But, oh. It's actually crazy. There's a lot of Ocean Primes <laughs> at the end of the day. Sure. I'm sure the revenues are through the roof. In the billions. Yeah. Annually. Uh, you Annually. know, when you talk about what places are making, I was actually listening to the, the earnings bank. report for Darden Restaurant Group, uh, and they're responsible for Olive Garden, Yard House, um, Longhorn Steakhouse is in there as well. And uh, some of the analysts were asking them questions about how they've adapted to the current situation that we're in. And they said that they did kind of struggle a little bit with accommodations in the Olive Garden, considering they have a lot of these like private rooms, uh, which are pretty much big enough just kind of for a large table for families. And they're not really utilizing them as well. And they can't really break it down to put smaller tables inside of them either, just because it's still kind of a tight little room at the end of the day. Right. But they have apparently become more efficient in the way they're operating to be able to still be turning profits. So it was interesting to see a bigger... Uh, restaurant group be able to kind of pivot to figure did, out how to did stay they list the areas where they become more efficient specifically no i had to i had to tune it out after a while but sure enough those things are all out there you know if you're in this restaurant business if you're an owner these are things that you probably want to check out and it's pretty easy to go look at the conference calls from the earning reports on these publicly traded companies you just go right on their website and go to the invest investor center plug in a little bit of information and sure enough, you got an hour worth of content on how maybe to better your restaurant to pivot into a better, um, I guess, efficiency, if you will. Yeah. You know, but we, we got some things to touch on here today too. Uh, and I think that Justin just shoved this off a little bit ago, but mental health is serious and not so much for me, uh, but in general, a lot of, not so much for me at this point, I should say. Okay. But in general, like, we've been crushed in this business. A lot of people that are on the, the working side and ownership side. And, like, every day you wake up, it's kind of just like a grueling battle. Like, all right, are we going to kill it today? Are we going to make enough money to pay these bills off today? What are we going to do? And just talking to, you know, some of the people I'm working besides, too, when they talk about these dark funks that they've been in for the past months, going through trying to figure out how to find a new job and... I'm applying for restaurants and nobody's hiring or, you know, whatever it may be. It's like, how do you, how do you push past that? And how do you figure out how to just stay afloat in that meantime? As a restaurant or as an employee? 
doesn't matter what it is. You could be an owner going through some type of hardship where you're just strung out every single day just trying to think of how to keep the place open, or you can be an employee just so saying, like, how do I how, pay my how you, bills? How do you manage your mental health? Yeah, how do you, how do you I, I honestly think that's kind of like, it's. I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like people don't even realize right now the, like right now we're in the end of summer, kind of the heat of the thing. Uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. So the, the timeline's a little bit off because of the closures or whatever. Um, but I don't think anybody's really feeling that yet because right now the numbers are great. Like, people are out. At least in this area, like in the Northeast right now, numbers are above normal for this time of year. So if you looked at 2019 August, which sucks. August sucks, theoretically, right? Yeah. If you looked at 2019 August, you looked at 2018 August, and you compared your numbers for the last three weeks, I'm, maybe not everybody, but I think for the <laughs> most... Maybe we're generalizing. Maybe we're generalizing, but I think for the most part, if you're running a, a sufficient operation and, you, and you've adapted to this point and you're hitting August, I think your numbers are above your regular August numbers. Yeah, just because everybody's home. And, everybody's home. Yeah. Everybody's out. People are a little more... We talked about it last week. People are a little more comfortable yeah. getting getting more comfortable with being out and about in and outside and things are open. Um, you still have some businesses that are definitely propped up by the PPP loan and stuff like that, that kind of coasted them a little bit. And I think in the, it might be in a lot of people's in the back of the mind for a lot of people, but right now not prevalent. Right. So the mental health aspect is probably pretty positive right now. And you're but, saying this from an ownership perspective, from though. an ownership standpoint, yeah. even no, no, I'm going to say even for the service, and the bartenders per se, because you have the volume right now, but what's what's looming, right? It's a cool Game of Thrones is winter is coming. <laughs> and all these outdoor areas and then definitely the northeast is gonna close. Yeah. And what's gonna that, happen that's then? A big concern. Where are we gonna be with the numbers then? Where are we gonna be with restrictions then? Who cares about restrictions? The real the real thing is where are we gonna be with what how people are comfortable then? Because that's well, when think, it changes. I think even bigger than that, like you're kind of just thinking small picture around here. I think is anything going to be open? Because if you look at New York City, like indoor dining is not a thing right now. Right. Like we can do indoor dining here right. with half capacity. But I think New York City is a really special case because in the in the Northeast, mm -hmm. North, New York City is really the only place that's not open indoors at yeah. this point. Yeah. Which is weird. I don't understand it. It is but, strange, but I mean, you know, speaking but, as a person who was working in the city five months ago. Yeah, but I can see where. The real test is when the population, it's, it's all about what the population wants. If it gets cold out and we're not able to open that front door and there's not some fresh air coming in, if restaurants don't have fresh air coming in, yeah. is the population going to continue to be comfortable sitting inside the restaurant with the front door open? Yeah. Are they going to be comfortable sitting inside the restaurant if it's not open, if it's just inside? Does, does the heating systems work the same way as the AC systems? All yeah. these questions. How, what's think, the holiday season going to look like? I think for someone in your position who's kind of already spent the last five months maximizing your to-go sales and all that, even yeah. if you're cut off from your indoor dining, you're probably going to be in a good space. So I think somebody who hasn't done that yet, Correct. this is a good time for you to start thinking about how am I going to survive with possibly no We're, dining, no indoor yeah, dining. Yeah, but, but now our servers are back, right? And We're, when we go back to takeout, that means it's going to lay back into layoffs and those kind of things. This is true. So, yeah, we can probably survive another takeout run. I don't want to. Right. You know, but we can, the restaurant itself can survive another takeout run. But we've now adopted to this new life of, like, serving with COVID, and it's doing pretty well. Dude, the servers, the last take, all right, they all cleared. Because we, we, we can talk about this if it ties into the tip share stuff 
you know, you Jay, let me know if it ties in, but we can talk about it. We adapted to a tip pooling scenario just to and protect everybody you have around. To. You can't not do a tip pool because, you know, where the bartenders are maybe used to, in most case scenarios, cleaning up a little bit. Yeah. You've, they've lost a lot of their their yeah. real estate sitting at the bar. So Some places all of it. Right. I mean, we don't even have the bar open, so yeah. everybody's a server right now. So you got a pool. And you're. I think you're operating probably with less people than you were before. We were. So right? instead of having three servers, we have two servers, a runner, and we pool it. Everybody's pool, but we the runner earns less than a server. So, But we worked it out, if you really want to get to the math of it. It's it's a weighted pool and the servers like one to one and the servers are one eight one one eighty five to one. So a server owns a dollar eighty five. You run your pool dollar. like you're betting on horses. <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta you know. So a server listen. So a server owns a dollar eighty five to a dollar. Right. A server uh, runner own, owns a dollar to a dollar. So they're getting a dollar to a dollar. Server for every dollar runner, runner makes, server makes one eighty five. Right. Right. Uh, I'd look. like to put five dollars on the trifecta. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's, I mean, that's how it works, right? That's how we did it. There's no bar right now, right? That, it's just servers. The pool thing kind of works too because everybody's on the same team now. It's like yep. we need a, as much money in that pool as possible. Yeah. So everybody's got to hustle. Who cares if same. that's your table, my table? We're gonna yeah. help everybody. So yep. I, I kind of like that aspect of it. But the last pay period, I'll tell you right now, they and this is August pay period. Yeah. They were like fifty plus an hour. Like, you know, 55, 60 an hour on, so, the, on the pool. The servers were. And, like, and those are rel it's relative to the operation where you're at. Not all operations are doing that, man. But that's not, not going to sustain. That's my point. That's not going to yeah. sustain. That's Agreed. a peak. You know, that's a peak thing. That was also the hurricane week. We were in the only place open with power. So, you know, we obviously had a little Extenuating more, circumstances. Yeah, extenuating circumstances. <laughs> so you're not going to keep $60 an hour. I mean, you're doing better than some engineers, but, yeah. you know. But <laughs> now, t take that, though, right? You you hit a valid point on, yes, some people are excelling. Well, before you the right just spots. remember those numbers, and now Smokehouse is hiring right now, right? We are. We are. We're looking SH for... SHTailgate.com. Yeah. You know? SHTailgate, click join the squad. There you go. And <laughs> Jay, continue. You know, you're, you're hitting on people that are fortunate to be able to be having these jobs, but like you just said, you're operating with less people uh, working completely at the end of the day. So what happens to those other two people that used to be on the floor that are no longer on the floor? Have those people been able to find a job? Are they waking up in the morning just like in pain and angst going, what the hell am I supposed to do? I can't get hired anywhere. I don't want to so, go work at Target for $10 an hour or whatever it is. So What's we've hired. Wage? I have zero idea. Does anybody know? For which, for what position? Like what? general life, what's minimum wage? Uh, 12. $12 yeah. an hour now? 15 in the city. And in servers... I know that's fifteen. Yeah. It, what about for servers minimum wage? I think the server credit right now for New York is uh, three dollars. Okay. So it's like nine, nine, nine dollars, whatever. Eight like something. Bucks. It's yeah. up to nine something. Yeah. Jesus. That's how you know when you're getting old because you remember <laughs> getting like a seventeen year old kid Applebee's paycheck and your hourly was like five. Five. Well, yeah, you're old. Five dollars <laughs> uh, an hour is something you just see it keep going up. Uh, I think, that's I called think inflation. When I, when I started working, the actual minimum wage was seven fifty. Yeah, seven fifty when I started. Two eighty five. But so you know, who is able to? I, some people are able to pivot. They found other things to do. They're keeping busy. But like I said, those other people that are like hoping things just pan out and hoping that the bars hire people again and hoping that they get back to regular life pre COVID, those people are struggling a lot. And having these conversations with people where they're just like, yo, I woke up every morning just not knowing what to do. 
and watching my bills just stack up and me not being able to pay them, yeah. that's a miserable fucking place to be in, I think. That and is kind of a, a shitty place to be in. And I can imagine that's probably what a lot of people are going through right now. So, like, I'm, I'm just going to say this and say it from experience. I was making $100 an hour flipping furniture that I found on Craigslist and found on Facebook for either free or little money. I remember when you started doing this and I would uh, be updated on your scavenging adventures. But I mean, I'd relist with beautiful photos and sell it for a much more higher price than what I got it for. And yeah. that was like the game for me was like, hey, how could I do this? And it took seven flips to make it to $1,000. So, I mean, I think the point of the story is you got to find your lane. You got to find something to do. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, pick up a book, read about something, open up the internet, just just gain more knowledge yeah. and experience during these times where, yeah, it sucks to wake up every morning being like, what the hell am I going to do? But it's really easy to flip something. You could literally go out right now on Craigslist. You could find something and then you could relist it for sale there's and a, probably make a profit on it. There's a few people that I've talked to that are uh, completely switching lanes in this. I think um, two of my former coworkers, one of them has uh, gone into computer programming. He said he's not going back to the kitchen and another one is in like... Um, IT systems or something like that. So, I mean, there's a lot of people who are, like, realizing. That there's other things to do out there and ways yeah. to keep busy. But the longer that you sit there, the longer you don't talk to your bill collectors, the longer <laughs> you don't try to make some type of payment or, you know, have that conversation with them to delay or defer your payments, well, that mean, shit's going to stack up on you incredibly, and it's going to be a wait for a long time. Yeah. So that's all I want to talk about on mental health. You know, there's ways to claw out of there. you got to throw a ladder into that ditch and crawl out of it. You should uh, let people know where they can reach you for tips on how to flip stuff on Amazon. Yeah, no. You know, when you say your average hourly rate when you flip stuff at Amazon, but how many hours a week are you working on that? I didn't work that many hours a week. That's what I mean. So if you like, if you (laughs) make a hundred dollars an hour, but you work five hours. No, but the thing was, you calculate the time that it takes you to go pick up the item, list the item, and then by the time it sells, you're calculating the time that it takes for somebody to come meet you. It's not a lot of time for the money that you're actually getting. Um, and part of those are in the Excel sheets and the calculations that you have. Now, if I did that full time, do I think I'd be able to clear a lot more money? Probably. So why don't you? It's a lot of work to run around. I like sitting behind the computer screen and typing. It's easier, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's all I got to say on that. Oh, no, <laughs> my battery's dying. So coming into fall, right? So I'm trying to figure out what are the new trends to for fall. Pumpkin spice, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's every, every every year. If you remember, actually, <laughs> this is funny because in our first episode, or maybe our second episode, I'm pretty sure it was our first episode, yeah. we were talking about it was then, winter. Yep, and they're starting to try to say I was like, yo, summer's right around this yeah. corner. And you're like, oh, it's too far. And I was like, no, nah, next week is this, next week is that, then it's summer, let's go. And But, you know, unfortunately, we had COVID and it fucked everything up. Right. But now it's fall. So and now yes, you it's have been fall for spice. like two weeks because Oktoberfest has been out. They're about to start hitting the pumpkin fest and all that How many stuff. kegs of Sam Oktoberfest do you have right now? Zero, dude. I'm still on summer. <laughs> I'm still on summer ale. How many I, did you agree to purchase in the future? I did not. Did it make any agreements? No, I did not. Okay. I actually, I hate the fall season. I don't skip it because I understand the public likes it, so sales are sales. Why do you hate it? You don't, don't like, like any of the fall beers? You know why? Because it's, oh, it's so over the top. It's like boom boom and we actually saw a drop but right? was a couple years ago there was like pumpkin beer everybody made a pumpkin beer pumpkin yeah. cider pumpkin yeah, yeah, yeah. this pumpkin that pumpkin. but then last year the sales went way off way down and uh the last two years actually sales went way down two years in a row a bunch of people overproduced pumpkin stuff got stuck with it two years ago came back out tried to resell that shit for and the next year was like nah, I don't want and that they're like nah yeah. and they were like there was a couple of like brands 
Like you could get some pumpkin stouts that were from 2018 and 2019. <laughs> and they tried to make they, that sound like a good thing? Yeah, and they tried to oh, it was an aged pumpkin stout. Like, yo, get out of here, bro. Like, you couldn't sell that shit last stout. year. You're trying to sell it to me this year. That's funny. So I'm like, but I think this year it's actually much more diluted, coupled with the, the drop in the sales plus the, the whole COVID thing. Mm. I think the, I'm sorry, I said diluted, but I think it'll be much. You think it's going to make a resurgence? Not a resurgence, but there'll be less in the market. It won't be as oh, flooded. Okay, okay, okay. Right? So we might actually just have an appropriate amount of pumpkin hit the market instead of too much. I'm not a fan of the pumpkin beers, but I like the Oktoberfest beers. Seeing through Twitter, uh, all I've seen was can't wait for pumpkin spice everything. Yeah, no. Fall's I mean, almost here. If there's that's something some nice indication. about sitting outside on a crisp fall day, eat, drinking a nice like. We're going to swap out the palm trees for hay, haystacks. Oh, that's cool. You yeah. like it. I like oh, it. You won't get in theme. No, you won't. <laughs> you won't do it. Nah, come on. <laughs> Are you going to do a Stein There's nothing good like a, a nice apple a cider hoist, donut. Stein hoisting on the F. Uh, are we allowed to? Are you allowed to put your Stein six feet apart the other one? I you know, know what? <laughs> Just to be honest with you, if it, we're still kind of going through the same thing in October, you should be making fresh donuts right by this window and Dude, just selling them as walk by. There's nothing better than a nice fresh apple, hot apple cider donut. It's right? really good. We'll put some, we'll get a cider slush going and do a <laughs> cider donut with some cider slush. Ooh. Figure See, that out. It'd be nice. And anyway, things. but but no, this, I digress. This is, this is what people should be doing right now, just preparing for the fall yeah. as we're approaching it quickly. So, what are the new trend? Like, what do you think are the new trends? And co- I have an idea for cocktails. I think I'm going to skip a trend and try to be. Uh, I'm trying to tra- trail a blaze on a new trend. Blaze a trail. <laughs> yeah, blaze a trail. Trail blaze. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. Blaze what, a trail. What, what trail are you going to blaze? Okay, so tequila was very popular for the last couple of years. Still is, someone said. It was, I mean, it's still very popular, but it was a number one spirit a couple of years ago. Yep. It's not anymore. In the fall? It, it was, listen, it was, I'm yeah. not going to tequila. <laughs> and a couple of years ago, number one spirit was tequila in America, um, even though whiskey is the American spirit. People tequila love their tacos the, and margaritas. That's what it was. It was yep. Tacos and margaritas. The margarita was like the number one drink in America. It's not anymore. Replaced by There's, what? I'm really mad that I don't know the answer to that question. <sighs> I'm really mad. You, you know, you shouldn't have started What's this the most po- at this because I'm not going to the moment. most popular cocktail. I get that. I get that. But still, it's important to know. Do you at know what's present? Popular? I feel like the most popular cocktail is an April spritz. I'm not well, even that's because it's summer and stuff like that. But <laughs> I, I want to say it's vodka because of the mule. I think the mule had a resurgence. So? But I'm, I'm, been. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what it is right now. But I know there's a trend coming up with rum, and I know Why rum has been that? increasingly more popular. And you see more and more places popping up with the tiki drinks. So tiki mm. drinks have been tiki around. Tiki is for sure making a resurgence. Yeah, I think. tiki yeah, is making yeah. a resurgence. So tiki has been around forever, obviously. Especially and if you ask studs, like tiki yeah, is, if you ask tiki studs, is it. there. <laughs> and and um, real like cocktail connoisseurs will understand like a true tiki drink and yep. the quality ingredients that goes into it, and a nice rum and all that stuff. But tiki's been kind of hitting a little ma- mainstream at this point. Yeah. And I think that's gonna run a little bit. Okay. Right. But I'm not trying to jump on the tiki trend. Not trying to start a tiki I'm, bar? No, I'm not trying to do that. What I'm going is I'm, I'm going to take a gamble. Okay. And I'm jumping on the hurricane trend. Hurricane. Traditional hurricane. Because if rum is becoming popular, and not that it wasn't popular, but it's becoming if, incre- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's becoming more popular. And tiki drinks are more popular. Hurricanes at one point were a very popular rum, rum cocktail. Interesting. They've been diluted. So what, what, you know, what does a, a what does a traditional hurricane bring? Okay, so like uh, we could tell the whole story, but you go back to Pat O'Brien's in New Orleans post uh, prohibition, 
the the whole story is that Pat O'Brien's wanted to buy some whiskey post prohibition. Post prohibition, he wanted to buy some whiskey. Whiskey was very valuable, so the distributors and the wholesalers didn't have a whole ton of it. it was allocated, but what was very uh, what was very avail- available was rum. Just rum was little, sugar and all that. Yeah, so sugar was available. very available. Yeah, yeah. It was available more readily. It's faster to make. It came from the Caribbean. There was plenty of it. Okay. So the distributors and the wholesalers from the story said to Pat O'Brien, if you want this whiskey and you want to be able to buy this whiskey, you got to take like 50 cases of rum, right? So he's like, fine. He took 50 cases of rum he's like, just to have access to the whiskey right. post-prohibition. Nailed it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so now he's got 50 cases of whiskey. He's got to figure out what do I do. I mean, 50 cases of rum. What do I got to do with all this rum? Yeah. So they came up with the hurricane. Now there's there's um, conflicting reports whether the hurricane was actually invented in New York and Pat O'Brien just knew about it or Pat O'Brien actually invented it. Huh. Either way, the Pat O'Brien hurricane in New Orleans is clearly the most popular and the one that people know about. <laughs> this just in, David. There's conflicting reports of where this drink originated. <laughs> yeah, you know. So whether it was actually originated in New York, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, Pat O'Brien's clearly put on the map. Going to go out on a limb and say it probably was developed in New Orleans since it's called the Hurricane, and they might be a little more familiar with hurricanes than we are up north. You know? Sure. Yeah. I'll take it. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> right? So originally, the Hurricane was made with four ounces of rum. Okay. Which is a lot of rum. Which is a lot of rum. Yeah. Right? In a 13-ounce drink. In a 13-ounce <laughs> glass. So it's four ounces of rum, passion fruit, real grenadine, some lemon juice, you know, something like that. Okay. Maraschino cherries, orange. No, no, that came later. Okay, so the that's, original, the that's, how, that's how it made. That's yeah. how it was made, and that's how I'm making it. Anyways, eventually I realized that passion fruit was expensive. Making grenadine from real pomegranates was expensive. All these things were expensive. Eventually, it evolved to what you would get now if you went down to Bourbon Street and you went to Pat O'Brien's and you ordered a hurricane, it'd be a bright red cocktail because it's basically Hawaiian punch and rum put together gotcha. in a hurricane glass with a maraschino cherry and whatever else yeah. and whatever. But since I'm seeing like rum and stuff kind of come back and the tiki drink being popular, I'm saying maybe, maybe I can jump a trend, be ahead of the next one and get on these hurricanes. So I'm starting to make some hurricanes. Interesting. With the, with the original ingredients. The origi- so you're making yeah. your own grenadine. We, we bought a high-end grenadine that's okay. made from real pomegranates. I did not make my own I was real about to pomegranate. Say, you're making grenadine. grenadine. Let's go. No, no, but we we made a hundred like it's a hundred percent pomegranate, real pomegranate grenadine. That's interesting. That we bought, um, and the passion fruit syrup and the fresh lemon and all that stuff into it. It's, what it's are you using for? Cocktail. What are you using for glassware? That's what I we want. We use now. a thirteen-ounce traditional hurricane glass. What does oh, that look got like? For on those deck who don't know. Yes. Okay. Specifically <laughs> for this drink. He's been prepping this for a while. You know, this did not just happen. You yeah. know, he's been spewing a lot of information out on the top of the head like it's been readily available for some time. No, so like now my whole thing is, and our whole thing at, at the restaurant, we have our three house cocktails, which we always have. And instead of doing a seasonal cocktail list or, you know, rotating around different uh, kind of seasonal, cocktails, seasonal we're just going to go. It says house cocktails, hurricanes. I like it. And that's going to be our thing. We're gonna have our house cocktails and we're gonna have hurricanes and I'm gonna swap them out every season. How many how many different rotating hurricanes are you gonna have on? So right now we have two. I'm working on a third one that I'm gonna to try to make with tequila. It's really uh, it's Same. challenging, but I'm working on balancing it out correctly. It's kind of like a cross between a margarita and a hurricane. But we I make one traditional, which we call Pat O'Brien's. Yeah. We make one Bourbon Street, which we make with bourbon. 
and it really play, it really hits nice. As long as you don't name it a margarita can, I'm good. Whatever you want to do, man. No, I got to figure out the naming part of it, but that's <laughs> that's what we're working on. But anyway, like, what are some other, ch- I mean, that was, I just ate up a bunch of minutes. Hurricane Rita. Hurricane Rita. I was thinking about, what was the one that just hit? I, Isaiah or whatever? I can't pronounce it. It wasn't uh, I Isaiah. Can't, I can't. It was something. Anyway, but what are some other trends? Like, what about food trends? What's hitting? What, what was, like, birthed out of this whole thing? Hurricanes weren't. Hurricanes weren't birthed out of this whole thing that we went through, but maybe some family style mm. meals and definitely yeah, that the was way. that was what I was gonna say. But I don't think that's really hitting anymore. I think I'm I'm not sure what people are. I, I predict know. that what you're gonna see in the food trends is things that are super fast and easy and super high profit margin. And I think that's what like restaurants are really gonna start going to, and they're gonna start really looking at takeout windows for their restaurants as like a prime focus. Not yeah. so much the dining inside. That's for sure. I think yeah. people are going to focus a lot more on their to-go. And, and I think people to, are going to incorporate to-go into their business models. Yeah, as like a, a primary look before they actually think about what's being served on the inside. And if you got to make rent and you can only have 50% capacity in the restaurants for some time to come, then, yeah, look for a lot of that ground beef stuff, you know, things with lettuce in them, uh, pork stuff, right? Like the I, cheap I, ingredients. Yeah, so you're talking about generally using offcut stuff that's less expensive. Than yeah, the, and yeah. J- just jazz it the fuck up, you know. Yeah, I, I think that Newman knows how to do that. I've seen some <laughs> pictures of him doing some kitchen throwdowns uh, during his, oh, his yeah, tenure. The chef battles, I miss those. Those were fun. But no, I think it I is. Had a, a, I had a shrimp and steak teriyaki protein bowl the other day. I'm not gonna say where, but it was not good. It did not I was, hit. I was about to say that sounds pretty good. It was. It just wasn't enough, like teriyaki. I mean, you like a lot of sauce. It had nothing. Yeah, as I do like a lot of sauce. You do like it had a lot of nothing, sauce. and the steak was overcooked. As a f- sucker for like one there item, <laughs> one item that's kind of like just pretty cheap to push out. Like I will almost pay any type of money for any jazzed up lettuce wrap. Like it's just light. It's refreshing. You know, you could fill it with a handful of anything, literally like anything, and it works. Honest, I've never ordered a lettuce. The only place I've ever ordered lettuce wrap is. B.F. Chang's, they have those lettuce. And they've, they've been on that for a long time. Not going to lie, they're banging. No, I get what you're saying, but I'm, not, I'm talking about something that was repurposely oh, wrapped in lettuce. Oh, okay, gotcha. Never done that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like you never said, let me get a burger, yeah, forget yeah, the bun, yeah. I was about to say, wrap. the only reason that I've never done that is because I've gone through trying to wrap a burger in lettuce before. I'm not going to put that on anybody no, else. No, the rat, no. Are you missing the points like a taco? Yeah, no, I'm not you doing that. You haven't seen that? I've, asked, I've been asked to put a taco in a lettuce, in a piece of lettuce before. And you were like, no? I mean, I was like, no, sure, here you go. But like, <laughs> I was say, like, what do you mean, no, chef? I want this. Make it. Yeah, so I did. But, Jay, a piece of lettuce is not a tortilla. I understand that, which is why it makes it more of a slick little cheap appetizer plate. And when you're looking at it from a profit margin perspective, you could get away with charging 13 14 bucks for this thing. It, depends, it depends on what kind of lettuce you're buying. If you're buying nice lettuce, you don't want to throw it away on as using it as a tortilla. Are you saying like romaine versus iceberg? Well, I'm talking. I'm thinking specifically of the baby iceberg heads that we used to buy. Yeah, we used to buy we like to nice, nice heads of lettuce, baby iceberg lettuce. And it was it was, was shaped um, for that. Forty of them in a case, and it was over a dollar per head of lettuce. Oh, you're saying that the size of the actual lettuce I'm saying that head to, to destroy a piece of lettuce that you cannot use as a salad now to use it as a burger bun or a taco gotcha. shell. Not worth it. So you're saying you would get specific lettuce that were big enough yeah. or small enough, I should say, to just use it for like a wrap. I guess. Isn't lettuce cheap as it is? Anyway? It is when you buy it by the head and by the case, but we got it like... You got specialty lettuce for specialty what we're doing. Specialty lettuce. Yeah. Because you weren't using lettuce as much. 
We just wanted it to be perfect every time. Yeah. Gotcha. But like, could you not agree that you would just get it by the case to? We did get roast? it. We did get, get it by the case. We would buy it by the case. No, we would buy that lettuce by the case. But if yeah. we just bought a case of random lettuce heads, we would trim so much off it to get to the part that we needed. That was like perfect to use. Okay. So we bought the case of the it's part that we use. Gotcha. Okay. So it was like already trimmed down and somebody Correct. did something else with the piece that they actually I needed. Think, I think it was, it was grown specifically, but yeah. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I want to be on the other end. Like, where'd the rest of the lettuce go? I want to follow it on its, it's probably journey. shredded in bags at Restaurant Depot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah fair <laughs> enough. You know, I speak from not a chef standpoint, okay? And yeah. I know little to nothing. <laughs> he speaks from the standpoint of someone who asks, hey, could you just wrap that in lettuce for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm saying as far as like foods go, that, that's all I see the trend. regular lettuce, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't like, complain. No, no. I mean, I guess not. Probably, I don't know. well, no, at home, that's what I would do. Right. I would just you grab just like a piece of iceberg, I'd throw the, it in there. The top layer off. Totally. Yeah, that know. brown layer that's on top, take it off. And and then I got like seven more wraps through that. And then after that, <laughs> whatever else gets tossed in the trash. Yeah, wasteful at home, you know? <laughs> what are you seeing on cocktail trends, though? Honestly, new? I don't see any cocktail trends. Nothing? I see that creativity is at a standpoint, I think. And I, I like don't... you guys are worrying about your masks all the time. I, yeah, don't have time to be innovative. Yeah, we got too many things to be pulling up <laughs> on our face. Uh, no, but honestly, I just I don't see the market for it. They're the same way that there once was, at least you know not what? at this time period. People aren't sitting at the bar as much as they used to be, like congregating the way they used to be. You know, totally. And like, I, there's no showcase for a bartender anymore. Agree. Uh, I think for the most part, yeah. And you know, you had your little bag cocktail phase when we were doing these takeout things, and you know, we mentioned before Blind Pig did some cute things where they put it in the bag and then yeah, they yeah. stapled the garnish to the side of it. Also, and these uh, these cocktails to go, how long is that going to last? That's going on. It's. I don't think we ever really have real answers to anything about like when cutoff dates are for things. It's like every month you get just this updated cutoff or additional time period. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think cocktails are anybody's main focal point at this point. We have hundreds of variations of them through all of the years. It's near impossible to develop a brand new cocktail at this point in time. So, yeah, is there going to be some new trend just popping up? If there's any trend, my inclination is going to be that that trend will be something in the to-go variation. Like, how some do you... new cool way to package a to-go cocktail? As, or? like, a retail product. You know what I mean? I, I just don't see restaurants at this very moment or bars. Well, that's being, if to-go cocktails even make it past September 4th, 14th. Uh, yeah, and oh, so that's, that's a valid point. September, is it September 4th or September? I think September 4th. Thanks yeah, for joining the conversation re, yeah. we asked that question like Yeah, they'll reinvigorate ago. those rules, though, at that time period, you know? I'm sure. Yeah. But it's tough to put too much focus into cocktails to go before you know that it's going to be extended. We've talked about how they're so late at extending yeah. those things. Like, why am I going to spend hours trying to figure out new cocktails to go or when whatever? It might be over tomorrow. And it might just be over in, a, in two weeks. I would like to know, is it going to be over? Is it going to be going to hit the whole year? So this is like the, the prime time too, where every single sale counts and you want to bring in every single dollar you possibly could. And, you know, we say it all the time. And part of restaurant training for servers or bartenders is like just a basic upsell technique. Get a higher value. Sell an additional piece. Oh, you like that iceberg salad lettuce uh, salad? Do you want chicken on that thing? It'll be like just $4 more, three ninety nine even to keep the numbers lower, right? But these are the times where training your staff to be able to upsell things appropriately probably matters the most. Like you better come over to that table suggesting that appetizer and make somebody salivate to the point where they can't say no. 
or you got to be able to attack on, you know, something that the Melting Pot always did, and it was their effort to get a little upsell going, was they used to sell their seasoning to every single table. And like part of what... Mocha's doing that. Their seasoning? It was their they seasoning. sell their seasoning? Yeah. It's, a, it's a dry dressing season, a dry salad seasoning. And it, it was tasty, super oniony and garlicky of type, but they would always say, you got to go over to a table at the end and, oh, do you love that salad? Because everyone has to get the salad. There's no yeah. getting around it. You get the salad. It's a piece of that whole experience, quote unquote. But like, you bring it you over. You have to make your own salad too, or do they actually make that for you? You have to like dip the lettuce in cheese. Because I know Melting Pot actually does right nothing. By, yeah, I know. <laughs> right by table 64, there's a little garden. You go pull <laughs> you out your lettuce. lettuce. Uh, yep, yep. You decide which one's for you. That's an But sure enough, that's another three ninety nine on top Charge of their, people $30 their bill. They had to cook their own food. And bill at the end of the day. Yeah, I dealt with guys like you uh, working there. Uh, in oh, my you worked there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, but I'm saying that's one of those the things that The only thing that was worth do. it, you shouldn't eat there. You should get the cheese beginning and that dessert and that's it. The middle part is so overrated. It's put your put some pieces of steak in some oil. Like what the what <laughs> is am that, I doing? Is that how you feel about like Korean barbecue places too? No, it's different. You it's, cook your it's own different Korean barbecue. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's different fondue? because men like no, fire. No, it's not fondue. There's like a grill on the table, and you like grill your stuff. I, I'll be honest. I've never experienced. It's an induction. It's I, an I, induction I, burner. I've that's experienced. On the table. I've experienced. There's, there's like actual grills. In no, they can't experience that was melting like pot. 1980. That was a long time are ago. You are you talking about Korean barbecue or I, melting pot? I've been to those before. Are you talking about melting pot? No, no. He's no, talking about Korean, Korean barbecue. Oh yeah, those are grills, man. That's why we like that because it's fire. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. No, melting pot sucks. I'm. We're not going that far. But all I'm saying is that there's an experience for everybody. I'm sorry. The entree part of it sucks. You want to go there and you get cheese and you dip shit in the cheese. That's good. And then the yeah. dessert where you dip in the chocolate is good. But I don't want to cook my steak in some hot oil on an induction burner on a table. Yeah, because you're not that clientele, right? Like 100%. this is yeah. bring the kids I'm together out. and you're having <laughs> a day out. Like I'll be back for dessert. <laughs> I can't. I can't even discuss anything with you guys. You know, you gotta understand. There's different yeah, people for different spots. You, we'll there's different experiences spot. for when everything. Open up again. All right. That's good. I like Sounds that. good. Yeah. But yes, Korean barbecue is fantastic because fantastic. there's a big flame. You get to char the shit out of your steaks on yeah. each side. Sometimes Beautiful. you tell them don't even change the grill. Because I'm trying to get it all charred up even more. Exactly. And you almost burn the place down. They come over and turn it down. I'm like, no, no, no. Just leave it alone. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gayukaku is probably one of the bigger ones that are out in Westchester. In this area, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. They have two in the city, I think, too. Okay. I don't know I, what they're I've doing. I've been to the Plains. It was nice. It was real nice. Oh, yeah. I would go there for lunch. You pay $16, and they hit you with a salad. It was a, a little soup, more than $16. Rice. Three different meats. Oh, yep. it was a lunch special, man. Super nice. Yeah. You go to dinner, you're paying your you're newborn pay, child. You're paying some money. So yeah. take that with you. <laughs> Is that different than, like, that kimchi smoke place? Kimchi smoke. Remember they were at the... Oh, yeah, way different. Like, he does barbecue food, and he cooks... He puts, like, Korean flair on it. Gotcha. Korean barbecue is uh, thinly sliced meats grilled hot and fast at the table. Gotcha. Understood. Delicious. Speaking of spices, we actually just bottled our uh, tailgate rub. Shout out to Spiceology taking care of... Spiceology, a little collab with Spiceology. Have you been here this whole time? We were talking about upsells and I know that's why I'm just I'm coming back to it. <laughs> oh, you're, now it. you're bringing this. Yeah, in. rolling it back. Rolling right. it back. He's tying so, it all in. Explain to me what's the price point? Where is this thing being sold we, at? How big is this bottle? We collab with Spiceology. Love it. Who contact contacted us and was like, hey, we can bottle some spices or whatever. So we took our rub, which we're now calling tailgate rub to make it easier. Formerly known as a rib rub. Formerly known as rib rub. Now we're calling it tailgate rub. Says on the bottle, good for ribs, pork, chicken, whatever. But not brisket. But not brisket. Yeah. Did you it's know important. that already? Yeah. Oh. What do you mean? 
Like you knew it was on the bottle like yeah. that? No. Oh, did I show you that? No. Oh, cool. Yeah. Our branding it proceeds myself. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, they're bottling it up. Actually, today is bottling day, so everything's getting bottled today. I thought today was shipping day. What's 23rd, today? 24th. Today's yeah. the 24th. But I thought it was bottling day. Maybe it was shipping day. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's coming. And <laughs> we're going to sell it at the store. I'm going to have to talk to Joe a little bit, maybe throw it into Chico's next to our pork thing. But that kind of talks to what you were saying about having that retail um, you know, retail presence retail presence coming into the... How big's the bottle? 4.3 ounces. 4.3 ounces. It's, it's like, it's like it's every other spice guy. bottle yeah. that you see in the It's tank. like four really big shots of vodka or whiskey. Not really. Okay. Yeah. Ounce? I mean, Price point. It'd be four regular shots of vodka. Plus a third of it. Filled ounce. all the way to the, what's the? Meniscus. Top? Meniscus, thank but you. But it's seasoning. That's a tough word. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but it's seasoning. So what's the price point on these so bottles? What are we adding this to checks for? Um, <laughs> it's going to come out to, we'll probably sell for $7.95 okay. in store. I like that. Sure. Love it. Love it. And number. now it's part of a spiel for the server to walk over the table and say, we're going to put it on every table. Tell me, Rob. Yeah, but they also it. have to give, like, the push. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, then it's going to be like, oh, put yeah, every, I want to add that If you on. put it on every table, you sure it's not going to just walk away with the customers at the end of the meal? It might. But it might. It'll it be used to happen at Melting Pot. They yeah. used to walk out with that garlic wine seasoning. Well, this yep. is good oh, seasoning. Did you hear the, um, sorry to <laughs> jump ship here, did you hear the episode of uh, Joe Rogan with Adam Perry Lang? He talks about people stealing his knives. Nah. So he makes not. he's a restaurateur out in California, barbecue guy, but he makes his own steak knives. And so people steal the steak knives that he's made by hand. So if someone steals a steak knife, like he knows when he sends them out to the table, they had a $90 surcharge to your bill for the knife. Oh, we've talked about something like this before. Well, yeah, that was uh, the spoon that my friend tried to That's steal. right, that's right, that's right. Well, then can't they just return the knife and then yeah, deduct so the $90 surcharge off he, the bill at that point? He tells stories about when people steal the knives, he'll, like, go out of his way. After they pay the $90, he'll go out of his way to, like, reach out to them and try to get the knife back. Because he makes them by hand, so he only makes a certain number of them. So if someone steals them, it's not about the money. It's about the fact that they're walking away with something that now he's got to go and remake over again. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of cool. Okay, shit. Uh, speaking of getting up and walking away with things... Can we? I got some things to do today. Can we go? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, good Just, talk. We'll check in next week. Good Don't talk. forget to uh, smash that like and subscribe button because, you know, algorithms. Conviction, Nooms. Conviction. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button because, you know, algorithms. Got them. There you go.